It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, as per usual, I bring to you, ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottam. John, uh, yesterday was a fun day as a Packer fan. Yeah. Uh, it was not fun for about three quarters, <laughs> and then it got really fun, and then the Vikings caught uh, they they proved why their uh, uh their color is purple they choked yet again and then the bears get just absolutely uh taken apart just by the chiefs raised. to the point that they made it more about uh, taylor swift than they made it about the game because it wasn't worth talking about the game anymore so <laughs> that's and yeah all right fun stuff well right off the top let's let you know that you can follow us all on several different social media platforms you can follow me uh, well, let's uh, let's start off with the show, I guess. The show is on uh, at Scotty Johnny Pod uh, on X Twitter. It's also on Mastodon at Scotty Johnny Pod at Mastodon.social. You can find me at Not So Humble Host on X Twitter. You can also find me on Mastodon at Scotty Johnny at Mastodon.world and at JE Barnett on Blue Sky. Aaron, where people find you on the platforms. You can find me on X Twitter at Cheddar Talk, John at Cheddar Talk. Uh, not a lot of con- controversy this week outside of uh, just ripping Bears fans. I mean, it's it's going to start getting old. I'm going to get tired of it here pretty quick. And then uh, also, too, haven't built it up. But if you want to go find me at Apple Bottom Flottom, that's my handle. Though so, uh, not cool enough to be on Mastodon. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't find time of the day like John does to be on multiple platforms. Yeah find time to uh, uh, get a cup of coffee in the morning before I do things. I don't know. John, you're, you're an amazing person. I don't know how you do it. So good job. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick off into everything that we do have this week. It was, uh, as you said, a full week. So let's kick everything off with the segment of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, we've uh, nobody's heard it, but we had a couple technical difficulties, and we're back with a what, different what? microphone for Aaron. Um, no, but we are starting off our main event with uh, with the Green Bay Packers, and like we said, this, this is a fun week for us uh, in that it was exact opposite of last week, where last week the Packers played three quarters, then stopped, not realizing the game is four quarters long. They played a hockey game. Uh, this week they found that fourth quarter uh, it just wasn't attached to the other three again, so. Right. The exact opposite game, basically. I know. If, if, if they could have just plugged it and played it together, they would have had one good game and one really bad game. But either they're, way. They're essentially one quarter away from 3-0 and and one quarter away from 1-2. and Both those things are true. Uh, because if they didn't get this one, this would have been pretty awful. Hey, and, be, and before we get into it too much, um, I, I would like to maybe discuss this as we go along. And maybe there is some hope for Joe Barry because it looked like the Packers about to get buried. See what I did there again, but again, by the other team's run game down the stretch, uh, Larry McCarron was talking about it on TV or on the radio. 
and uh, about yeah. like this isn't good. Like the run game's kicking up again, just like last week. But then all of a sudden it disappeared in the fourth quarter. Like the Saints weren't able to just stuff it down their throats and take it away like the Falcons did. So maybe there's something there. Maybe there are some adjustments made. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's a silver lining we can pull from as you were comparing the two games. But anyways, continue on. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's very hopeful of you. Uh, I think the biggest thing is obviously, you I mean, the Saints were playing without Kamara at the same time sure. that the Packers were playing without Jones, you know, Aaron Jones and Jair Alexander and Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari is like just all and across then, the board. And, and then Devontae Campbell. Yeah, he, yeah. He had to leave the game as, as the game went on. So it, th- there were plenty I mean, of injuries to go around. That's, that's, that's four pro bowlers. And I, I guess Devontae Campbell's never officially been a pro bowler, but he was an no, all he, pro. Yeah. He was yeah, an all pro. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that's their five best players, yeah. five best proven players on their team. Yeah. Right. That, I Am would I say so. That's, I mean, it's it's hard to say that you could have had a lot more go wrong in terms of injuries than that. Um, but I mean, let's let's also say the Saints obviously lost Derek Carr in the third quarter. But as much as anybody wants to try to say like that's what the difference was, they lost him in the third quarter, not the fourth. Uh, Jameis Winston was out there for a little bit, and to be clear, without him, that offense. I mean, they scored 10 points. The touchdown was on a short field because of the fourth down conversion that failed. And the their numbers, Carr, 13 of 18 for 103 yards. Jameis Winston, 10 of 16 for 101 yards. They're, I mean, other than the touchdown pass, uh, Jameis, more yards per attempt. Uh, and David Carr, slightly better passing percentage. So, I mean... They were James playing Winston, the same game. Jameis Winston might be the best backup quarterback in the NFL, just by the way. So Are like, you trying to tell me like that with... Sean Clifford is not an NFL starter? <laughs> not even close. Season, season over if that happens. If he wants to sit on the bench for a couple of years and learn how it works, that'll be like two years. But anyway, 32, no, Jameis, Jameis is Jameis, like when, when Rodgers went down, I'm really surprised he didn't get traded to the Jets, to be perfectly honest. But um he was he was slinging on that last drive that led to the field goal that was missed man like jameson yeah. wasn't he was he was slinging he was the, the dude the, his problem is that he's erratic it's not his talent he's got more talent than most of the quarterbacks in the nfl he's just not and, good and for a guy who also had <laughs> to take backup snaps he was not getting the starters reps this week and right. still you know played fairly well Packers defense, again, played fairly soft. We're not getting the reactions from the linebackers we would like to see in terms of coming downhill at running backs. Um, Saints found a way to run a little bit. They were not horribly effective. They got 3.5 a carry, and that's, you know, that's with everybody. That's including, I don't know. I'm glad we didn't have to deal with the Taysom Hill garbage this week because he had four carries for 12 yards and didn't throw a pass and the effery when their quarterback went down they didn't say like hey man Taysom Hill no uh he's he's just kind of a nobody he did have one catch for nine yards as well how about him being the the most overpaid nobody non-starter in the league yeah get gadget and he's not even he's not even as good as but i mean as much as everyone hates sean payton and i'm glad that he got boat raced for 70 points this last weekend (laughs) god that was so great um but anyways um and russell wilson you know badger alumni i don't care both Mm -hmm. of them get burned anyways for two different reasons but um yeah no um 
Sean Payton at least kind of used him in the right way as a gadget player. Now he's literally just a gadget. Yeah, and nobody's no, I don't sure know what to do with him, yeah. Well, and when you roll him out on the field and he's in the quarterback position, he did have one nice little run up the middle because he's a big dude. But, like, everyone kind of knows he's not on the field all the time. That was one of the things Sean Payton was. He was kind of on the field a lot more. Yeah. So you weren't sure when he was going to get used. Now, whenever he's on the field, it's like, oh, Taysom Hill's going to be involved in this play. Yeah, he did. It was, it was, like, it was like when they lined up J.J. Watt at tight end, except for J.J. actually caught the touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> he went to college as a tight end, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The couple things here that, that I guess you look at is um, a lot of drops in this game at times that seem very key. Uh, Jaden Reed has the big catch down the end uh, that, that sets up the, the final touchdown. And yeah, but beyond that, he had what are they crediting him with? Do they they don't have the drops listed where I'm looking, but he had to have had it felt like well, he had were, four or five drops in that game that hit there him was, the hands. There was there was mm-hmm. there was a couple of drops that were probably just incompletions because they were tough catches. I'm yeah. I'm thinking on the way on the one down towards the end of the game where he was on the on the hook or not on the hook, but like on the uh, I, I don't know what to call it, curl out to the left. Yeah, and he was up against he was up against their good DB. What was their good DB? Taylor? Was that his name? Yeah, they're Taylor. all good. They have several good DBs. Oh, but Taylor but played well. Jonathan, Jonathan Vilma said, "Don't throw it against Taylor. He's got him in a bucket." And it was a great pass, and he should have caught it. Jalen Reed had some big drops yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, he's a rookie, so you gotta yeah. give it a break. Like, I mean, he was in the fact that that dude's open as much as he is, and that. Love is finding him as much as he is. is amazing. amazing. He's great amazing. at getting open. He has to get better at the hands because he had several that hit him that he didn't get to. Um, Can you blame him? He yeah. went to Michigan State. I'm sure there wasn't a quarterback that <laughs> threw the ball that hard. I don't know. Yeah. So that's one of the couple little catching, things. He's there. used to catching ducks. This is a very good Saints defense we played, remember? Uh, they got Tyron right. Matthew. They have Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, they had uh, Taylor, like you're talking about, Alante Taylor. Uh, and then the other guy is Isaac Yadam, who, of course, Packers fans should remember, played with us for a year after we got him from the Giants. Uh, he's he's not good at football. He was their third guy out there, and they, they tried <laughs> picking on him some. The, the last touchdown is right at him twice in a row. One well, and, and they're, yeah. Yeah, one Sorry, that, that Dobbs didn't catch, and then the next one he did, which was, by the way, also a great catch. Uh, Dobbs' hands in this game were phenomenal. He did such a good job getting to a couple balls that were hard and contested. That diving kind of falling one out of bounds, uh, mm-hmm. long along the left sideline there. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, that was that was phenomenal. So a lot of good things there. Packers playing through a lot of other injuries during the game. They lose um, Carrington Valentine as well. So they were playing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valentine and uh, Douglas Rasul because we were essentially without our one, two, and four cornerbacks at that point since. Stokes still has not played yet this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Being able to get what they got out of this team, um, being able to do what they did there uh, was was pretty impressive. Rashawn Gary, basically my MVP, he killed two drives. They, they need to sign him right now. Whatever right he wants. Uh, he was be, phenomenal. Be, be, before, he, before we get to the end of the season, he's worth way too much. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, they should have. Ken Ingles was right about that one all along, by the way. I love this. Yeah. Three total tackles, three solo tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss, four QB hits. Uh, he was like Micah Parsons a couple weeks ago. 
against the Giants. Was it against the Giants? Well, Micah Parsons the first two weeks. Yeah. Like, literally, like, he is a wrecking ball. He's insane. Yeah. He was... And last and last year and last year I'm sure he might have been able to come back. Wait, how bad was his injury? What did he have? Oh, with wait for uh, Gary. I think he Gary, was just, yeah. Yeah, they're just trying to keep him on pitch count still. He coming off the ACL from last year. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. So it was the that's right. It was an ACL. So he couldn't yeah. come back last year. I'm sorry. I'm confusing him with somebody else in my head right now. Yeah. But e- e- either way, either way. I mean, do you see the dude like with pads off? He doesn't look <laughs> any different. No, I don't, I don't know. know I don't know. I, I don't think he's wearing pads on the field. He's that got a helmet on. Huge. Yeah, he's, God, he's so big and fast. His yeah. his his quick twitch is amazing. Uh, that's basically yeah. one of the big keys here. Is not just you know, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not happy that he hurt uh, Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is fine, and I hope he's okay. It sounds like it's a shoulder injury, not a head. Thankfully, uh, no, I heard he, he's, he's separate. He separated his AC joint. I did that in this yeah. completely different thing in life, and that's where the end of your collarbone and your clavicle separate. Like Rogers yeah. had that, yeah. So you don't need mm, that. Roger, Rogers, Rogers broke the end of his AC joint off, oh. yeah, instead of just separating it. So they said Carl still probably play this year, but it's going to be a couple weeks. But yeah. yeah, no, you don't want to see that. But it was an awkward landing on his shoulder. But you know what's going to happen? That you know what's not going to happen. You're not going to see it on the front page of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel as the top play of the year for <laughs> the Green Bay Packers, unlike no. the Minnesota Vikings who made that the play of the year when what's his a dumb face broke Rogers' collarbone. Yeah, we felt bad that he was yeah, hurt. Vikings, Vikings suck. Yeah, no, Derek Carr, it sucks, man. That dude's trying to make rebuild his career, man. Like he had a bad situation in in uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas and you want to see the guys both him and his brother man they got both dealt tough cards in the NFL you know so you want to see him do well you never want to see a quarterback injured not only that it makes the game worse you know so you never want to see the backup play at least the Saints have a good backup player anyway sorry I did that was a bad rap so yeah that was the the main point of that is you know that Gary basically kind of he had that play. He killed another drive later on with a, a third down sack that put him on field goal range and everything. He he was instrumental to this win. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like on offense, we're, we're all doing the like Jordan Love is him type of thing because we all have to do those sorts of things now. It's just the way that the conversation mm-hmm. goes. You're like either he's terrible or he's him, and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love was not particularly inspiring through three quarters, but here's the thing that I do love about him at this point is he never faltered. He never wavered and he didn't become timid or afraid and he didn't get stupid. Uh, So, I mean, like a lot of quarterbacks down like that, start forcing a lot of things, start doing a lot of dumb things. He took some more risky type plays, but nothing that was world beating kind of stupidity. It was the right read. Uh, he maybe tried to push things a little bit more. Uh, he had a couple deep balls that actually worked, uh, but in honesty, the two biggest deep balls were the two pass interferences, which only occur because he underthrew those balls. They were both underthrown, and the cornerbacks absolutely just ran over our receivers on those. But did he do it on? Did he do it on purpose, though? I don't know about that. Uh, I think he dropped. If you, if you, I mean, I mean, it wasn't above. It wasn't below Rogers to underthrow a ball to make sure that the cornerback ran through a wide receiver. No, but I think that Love would he also it, rather have those it, he yards. Learned it from, he learned it from somewhere. He didn't learn it in Utah. But anyways, but well, yeah, you're right. There, His deep ball is not it's precise not yet. It's not there yet. 
But that's the thing you can learn. That's the thing you can work on. He's got the arm to do it. He just has to get better at it. Uh, and he's a young enough guy that that's the thing they can get going. Uh, that The run along the sideline where he goes for 24 yards where I thought they were going to hit him out, but nobody did. Um, and I kind of thought he stepped out, to be honest. It, it looked very close. and no, Nobody challenged it. Nobody there, challenged there was, it, there was, so it must have been great. There was, there, there was daylight. I, I mean, it it was close enough, but either way. And the other thing I was trying to explain to Holly, because she's like, isn't that dirty when the quarterbacks don't go out of bounds like that? I was like, kind of, except for the fact that he got a good block when he yeah. was going down. Like, it, it, that, it changed direction. Um, I think it was Wicks. It was a Wicks. Wicks or Reed, one of the two, yeah. popped, a, popped a late block, and he just he scampered for another 10 yards. Because he was easily running out of bounds. Then it was like, oh, there's nobody here. I'll keep going. Yeah, and he then got he still ran out guy. of bounds. Yeah, got yeah, behind his receiver he, he, and stayed in bounds. Yep. He he didn't he didn't like some other running quarterbacks like make a move like he's going out of bounds and they quick juke back in bounds because that's dirty. That should actually be a fifteen yard penalty if a quarterback does that. Like, or like where Mahomes faked that he was sliding yeah. and then kept running. Yeah, like fakes a slide or jukes pretends like they're going out of bounds and then jukes and keeps running. And and that and I would say that what what Love did yesterday was did not fall into either of those categories because he did give himself up out of bounds and then do waxed a defender and he just kind of just kept running down the sideline until the next person came up because there's no one forcing him out of bounds anymore. So that yeah. I didn't think it was a dirty play at all. But no, uh, thought it yeah, was I, fine. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the biggest thing before, things here, move, be, be, ahead, before ahead, we move off ahead. before we move off Love, I'd I'd like to say a couple other things about. Go right ahead. Game um, there's been a lot of videos comparisons today about uh, how he plays against um, uh, the way he moves in the pocket, the way he moves, Rogers, uh, he's yeah. moving out of the pocket, how he throws, where he throws, mm-hmm. and um, I, you did too. So don't you dare judge me. I spent a lot of Schadenfreude today. Uh, yeah. Did had a lot of Schadenfreude today, spending time listening to Minnesota Vikings radio network because. A number one, I listened to their podcast, and number two, um, I I wanted to hear them have to deal with their situation. But the one thing that uh, Lieber talked about, Ben Lieber, former NFL linebacker for the Chargers and the Vikings, and then Mike Grimm, who is the play-by-play for the Gophers, they both talked about it, and they said it, it's it's weird that you can trace the way. Rogers moves in the pocket and how he slides around and the way he contorts his body and not contorts, but just like, you know, the way they move around the pocket and how they do things. Mm-hmm. They said that you can trace how Rogers does it to how Favre did it. And okay. now love and there's just, just go look at Pete Bukowski. He's got all the videos up there already. Like all the way he rolls out of the pocket, the way he stands in the pocket, the way he moves around the steps he makes it's three generations. It's it's and and the Vikings fans hate it. They're That's like, funny. my God, it it looks it looks like Aaron Rodgers. He's not Aaron Rodgers yet, but Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers in his first season either. Like, look at his foot movement, the way he avoids hits, the way he moves up in the pocket, the way he can roll out to the left and you know make that throw. And then how many times did Jordan Love? He did in Week One too. That that awesome touchdown pass to Dubs, and then this week too where. He moves up in the pocket and he takes like a little hit and he like half he like half cocks and brings it down the steps up again and then fires. Like that's it's 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 good to see. Yeah. Am I gonna write home about it yet? No, it's a three game sample and against not necessarily the best of opponents, 
Um, Kansas City is going to be a good test down the road. Um, that's probably going to be a flex game later mm-hmm. in the season, I would hope. Um, actually, this Thursday night is going to be a good test. Detroit's not a joke. No, um, they're not. Did Detroit, did Detroit dispatched um, the Falcons, a team that we couldn't beat last week, um, yeah. pretty easily. And yeah, uh, yeah they're and Goff is slinging, and it's it's yeah. I mean, the Lions aren't bad. But no, it's it's good to see that. And then also too, I was going to say, there's also a big argument on social media. And by social media, I mean Twitter X, whatever we want to call it, X Twitter, about who who wide receiver one on this team is. And everyone's like, well, it's it's still Watson. And it's like, I, I don't know, man. Watson had seven explosive plays last year. That kind of just shot him into the spotlight. Dubs is got a lot of. Devon, and I say this with minimal hyperbole. He's got a lot of the same attributes of Devonte Adams and Greg Jennings. He's Dub still needs to get better at getting off the ball. Um, his right. at the line work needs work. That was one of the mm-hmm. things that I think dropped him down the line. He got worked at the Senior Bowl in terms of trying to get off the line, um, and that's. You know, he, he's gotten better at it, I think. But still, yeah, that's one of the hard things. Dude, His hands have gotten better since last year. He's put a lot of work into that, making sure he secures it to the ground and stuff like that. So that's he's, true. He's made, some, he's made some legit catches this year. Yes. Like, legit big-time catches. His separation isn't the best. You know, that's, you know, something that Devontae's been really good at. By the way, can we get Devontae back at the trade deadline? Um, <laughs> no. And that uh, in a heartbeat, in a, in a freaking heartbeat. Yeah, but we can't. I would, I I know, but in a heartbeat. Yeah. My God. Um. But uh. I mean, yeah. His his separation is not. But he's making up with it. I mean, he's got a couple of these. I mean, that's what I said. And he's got those. I mean, it it takes a little bit to remember back almost thirteen years now. But remember, Greg Jennings used to do this stuff all the time. Like, just get those little turnaround. Like, and Rogers, him and Rogers are so good at it, and. They're starting to build a chemistry, and you can tell the Wicks kid is starting to get it. You can tell the Reed kid's starting to get it too. You know, the problem is that <laughs> I'm sure sure Heath's getting it too. The problem is that they're all so young they don't know what they're doing. You know, like oh, I'm in an NFL game. Dear God, what do we do here? Everyone's so fast. You know, um, <laughs> and Dubs, Dubs. I, I mean, I say that in the most positive way possible. Like, it's there's they're all so young. It's like watching yeah. babies crawl. Yeah, and the and the three year old toddler who's really good at throwing a ball is in charge of them. It's it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. And you know what? Minus Jenkins and Bakhtiari, their two best linemen, the line was good mm-hmm. for most right. of the game. A lot despite... of holdings and a lot of false starts, though. Oh my the god, penalties the penalties almost are, ruined I mean, this game. For I mean, this team. oh my god, the penalties. The, and that's sorry. And then yeah, let's get into that one too. That's 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 part of a young team too you know mm-hmm. like you, you can't even be it, it's what's going to happen you know especially when all your veteran presence is not playing you know yeah. who's the oldest what do we have uh um, the oldest starting player on the offense this week was john runyon jr at 26 years old and he was drafted what two years ago He's yes a three-year third vet. season yeah yeah and then clark clark on defense right well i mean devontra campbell probably was and then he got hurt so i mean clark was the oldest person on defense could be uh, thing, maybe yeah. gary, gary gary's maybe two years younger than him I, clark's probably like 29 now 
Either way, was there a player? Was there a player on the field under the age of thirty? Nobody over thirty. Nobody over the age of thirty. No. 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 Nobody over the age of thirty on Saturday. Nobody thirty or older. No. So yeah. Yeah. Dear God. It's an impressive time. Yeah. It's it. It's seventeen-point comebacks. You know, and and you could hear the crowd when he came out and at the end of the game. Like I, I don't care how it worked out, but it's a win, and. Man, it was it was fun to see it, and it was fun. I'm glad it worked out that way. And not only that, but like it was what was the the biggest uh, the biggest deficit in a home opener was in 2018 when it was 17 points against the Bears, and they won that game too. Yeah. So uh, this is yeah. A, yeah, biggest fourth quarter comeback victory for the Packers. I think like Packers history or whatever. Now the Packers have won. I forget what they said. It's a crazy number of home opener starts uh, in a row now. It's it's pretty pretty fortunate because yeah, that one didn't necessarily have to go that way. But just I'll say the other thing too is Lafleur going for two when it was an an eight point game. Extra point makes right. it seven. Going for two at that point um, was gutsy, and Love extended that play and got the ball to Samari Toure. And that was, I don't know. I did not know about that call when it happened. I was shocked. Um, I don't know that I had a strong feeling about it at that point because I didn't know what we were going to do for the rest of that game. I was just along for hey. the ride. <laughs> Quite honestly, just along for the ride at that point. It was crazy. Hey, it's, it's, it's all the same mentality, Matt. Lafleur, when he got here, um, I think was a little sidelined or a little uh, 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 blindsided by the fact that I think he came here thinking, you know, one year of Favre and then one year of Rogers. Excuse me, boy, I'm mixing up all my signals here. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and then we're gonna move on to the next phase. Then Rogers wins the MVP, and then Lafleur has to deal with three years of not a rebuild. And it's my team. It was more of three years, and uh, let's see what happens here. And I'll try yeah. my best. And um, I'm not even gonna be in charge of my own team. I'm going to, you know, whatever. So I think that him and Love are on the same page. And you said earlier about Love not wavering and not, like, getting confused, not not getting down, not not Justin Fielding's, fielding himself on the sideline, like, yeah. staring up at the, side, it's at the scoreboard and looking. He was, he was there just, with a the tablet and trying to learn and keep going. Yeah, he did that. Uh, yeah, you're right. Right, right, because, he's, because it's, it's understood this year is going to be hard. This year is going to suck. We're going to use this year as a learning moment. There's no veterans outside of Bakhtiari. And I mean, no long-term veterans. Mm -hmm. Um, We we dumped all the old guys. This is a young guys team. And there's going to be a lot of failure. There's going to be penalties. There's going to be stupid mistakes. There's going to be stuff like that, but we're going to learn from it. And, and I think Lafleur, like you said, on, on that two point conversion, why not? Why why not? What else do we got to lose? You know, right. wh- what the hell? You know, why play? Can- and and you're seeing it down in Chicago. Like this is what happens when you you're like you're you want to be conservative and not lose games, but you're unwilling to develop your talent. Whereas Green Bay just I, I think has just taken the petri dish, opened it up, and said, let's throw everything in there and see what happens. And at the end of the year, we're gonna pick out what didn't work. And then next year we'll work from there. And I think it's a, a beautiful, I think it's a wonderful, it's uh good art. 
It is Guten <laughs> Kunst. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful idea. And, and, and that's the way you do it. Because, I mean, so, so what happens if he kicks the extra point? Whatever. You know, it's not inspiring. Go for two. Get the two. Even if you don't get the two, now you're even more inspired, inspired to score more points. You know, see what they can do. Let's see what this thing can do, boys. You know, like, <laughs> let's put the pedal to the metal and see what happens, you know. Because if you don't try, whatever. And if you have, and, and look what happened in the end. Yeah. He had a major success. And how, in it, how much confidence is that instilling in this team, especially in their quarterback? If anybody had any questions about Jordan Love, it's like, well, what? He's he's got he's got he can do that. He likes yeah. to lick his lips a lot, but he can <laughs> at least close out a fourth quarter, man. You know, so you know it it feels good like seeing that someone you know because through the whole Roger saga at the end of that whole mess and everything else that that was with Gunkunst and um, just feeling like it was just running it back, running it back, running it back. And it didn't feel like it was that that's what they wanted to do. That wasn't right. the plan of the Packers. The plan of the Packers was to offload Rogers, dump it. But you know what came out of it and said love to his detriment of his career, just like Rogers had to deal with, you know, he lost three years starting, but how much hump look at, look, look at, let's, let's go back to fields again. Let's go back to any of these quarterbacks that just gets thrown out there in the first year and don't get to learn. Mahomes got a whole year under Alex Smith, a year and change, right? And yeah. it worked out great. You know, like how many, I mean, very, Brady sat under Bledsoe for a while, you know, like yeah. it, Steve Young, Joe Montana didn't come on start right away. Like all the greats, it's like, you don't just draft him and put him in there. There, I mean, I mean there Peyton are some Manning, guys who Peyton, made it happen. Peyton Manning, I mean, he struggled for a bit, but Peyton, he was able to do Peyton it. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning sucked his first year. He threw an like, insane number of interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He really did. So he had to figure it out on his own, but he's also an all-time talent. But, you know, it's, it's finally, I think you're seeing what they wanted to do in the first place. Yes. And some of these people that they wanted to put in place in the first place are a couple of years in now. So you don't have to worry about that. You should assign Gary, but I mean, let's see if he can make through the season on injured too, by the way, before we get too uppity about that. But uh, he's, yeah, I mean, this is good. This is all good. This is all really good. Because if you look down the shore, just three hours, there's a, the, what should be one of the best teams in football because of resources that they have and the team that they have and the brand that they have has turned into the new Detroit Lions. And it sucks. And I mean, that's, what the Packers were before, you know, our major fan. That was the Packers through the seventies and the eighties. And this is great. The Packers have a great organization. They've kind of got to figure it out. I don't know. And I still think that it was okay that we cheered loudly when the offense was playing during the preseason game. So yeah. Go, I mean, you're a Vikings fan, so that works because, <laughs> because that cost them a game and that makes me happy. <laughs> you know, you know, Hey, you know what, you know what they were saying? You know what they were saying? Yeah. Is that that the fans are yelling spike the ball? That's they were yelling spike the ball. I watched the, that the game. They definitely weren't. They definitely yeah, weren't. No, I mean that's some of the reports are saying that they were literally yelling spike the ball. And that's but, that's a lie. But that's fun. That's a nice, interesting lie, at least for for them. But yeah, that's cool. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so this week we do have uh, a Badger game, but we won't next week. So that's I guess. Something there. The Badgers did better than I predicted, and uh, 
I said last week that I thought they'd win by 10, which was a little higher than the, the spread. Uh, they ended up winning by 21, and uh, they go for two to make it 21. That was that was the other part of this that uh, you know I hadn't, I guess, mentioned, if, you know, hadn't thought about much uh, saying it going in, but they, they get the touchdown and go for the two uh, with 335 left to make it a three-touchdown game, a 21-point game rather than a 20-point game, which, man, if uh, Brewster, Tim Brewster were still around, he'd have been losing his mind, but, you know, I, I don't care, and he's not actually working in football anymore. I think he's at the Wendy's down the way. Uh, so that was that was an interesting, I guess, choice, but, you know, it's like, hey, you go around the sheet. Uh, Purdue, like we said, lost a lot of guys on that offense, also got a lot of guys on that defense. Third quarter was the only time where you had some concern because uh, Badgers got the ball started off, went down, kicked a field goal. Uh, Purdue just went straight down the field, uh, two drives in a row, and, and Hudson Card looked pretty decent in those drives, and Purdue was able to run, which, I mean, King Domru is not there anymore, but they were still able to find ways to run. Uh, Tyrone Tracy getting a couple nice plays here and there, and he was trying to the get, honey the, get the crowd into it. No, not Tyrone Matthew. Tyrone Tracy. Uh, he was trying to get the crowd into it, and they were they were doing their boiler up and all that. And they it was a good raucous crowd. Uh, this is just not a Purdue year. This is not going to be a good team. They're one and three now. Badgers go to three one, and here's the fun part: they are on top of the uh, division. The Badgers are the only team in the West without a loss because Iowa lost to Purdue. Uh, I mean Penn State. Sorry, Iowa loses to Penn State. Minnesota lost to Northwestern this week, and they were up. What gosh, what was it? They were up big too, and like that game was over. And then Northwestern came back and and, and won that game. And there's no reason for that to have happened. I think that that was at TCF too, wasn't it? No, that was at oh, Northwestern. Was it, oh, okay, it was at Evanston. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just that's ridiculous. Oh, it, and 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 they can't get any fans there anyway. So when it actually happened, that was the biggest comeback in Northwestern history. <laughs> There's like 80 people <laughs> on the stands, which, which that that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So Minnesota now two and two, Northwestern two and two, both of them one he, he and punted on. He punted on fourth and three at the 38. Uh, on Northwest on the 38. How great is that? Uh, so yeah, but Minnesota and Northwestern are now the only other two teams in the West with a conference win because they've each played two games. Northwestern beats Minnesota. Minnesota beat Nebraska. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where we are. And then the Badgers won't play this week. Uh, this game also does have the massive problem that, um, Chesma Lucy breaks his fibula. It looks like yeah, he's done for the that's year. Terrible. That's uh, terrible. and he's been fantastic and he's been such a hard worker, comes back off of injury last year, comes back this year to play, uh, takes the COVID year or whatever and, and plays another year. He's been a, a fantastic player, great hands. Uh, great agility, great speed, uh, way faster than than Bo uh, than Braylon. Pardon me. Uh, at least, for, I mean, d- in the eye does test, he, does he does he does he come back for the sixth year? Then I don't know that he can, uh, unless he gets some sort of injury um, red shirt here, which I don't know if they'd get him that. But he came back just for this year to have this, and uh, that it's, it's especially heartbreaking because yeah, that was it's also I mean it's tough for the team. Uh, to have that, but he he's been it's, such it's, an easy it's, to root for it guy. It sucks. It sucks too because he came to the Badgers thinking he would from Alabama, right? 
No, uh, Clemson. He was Clemson, backing up right. uh, Travis Etienne. Etienne, that's right. He came here to be the starting running back, and then out of nowhere comes Braylon Allen. And, yeah, it, it sucks. It sucks. It really sucks. I feel bad for the kid. Yeah, and I don't know what else they've got at running back at this point. I mean, like, uh, I'm looking at our lads. The only running backs they have are the two. Uh, that just might be their their lack of depth on this one. So I'll try to see what else the Badgers have on this one here. But uh, that that definitely hurts the the Badgers in terms of the depth at the running back position. They were able to run very effectively in this game. Uh, let's see. They end the game with, to get the full box score on this, uh, Braylon Allen gets 116. He had 100 yards on 11 carries. Uh, a couple nice ones there. He had a 52-yard run. Uh, first half there that was great. Tanner Mordecai actually ends up with 44 yards. So they have 195 yards as a team. Ches Malusi, 11 carries for 39 yards, uh, 16 for 116, as I said, for Braylon. 14 carries for Mordecai. Uh, remember, though, in college football, every sack is also a uh, rush. It counts against rush, your rushing yeah. yards. Not the team's passing yards, but a rushing yard. So, yeah, that was the, – the defense did – Okay, had a couple big plays there. Uh, here and there, they did have Ricardo Hallman. The transfer has two interceptions in this game. Uh, and that's, I mean, the interception is the only thing that really kills Mordecai's numbers. He's 17 of 27, <coughs> 174 yards and interception. So not incredible, uh, nothing amazing. The air raid that I was promised has not been particularly <laughs> exciting yet. So, I don't know. I, I, air raid. I think of Texas Tech. I think of Houston. I think of Jeff George and the old Dirty Falcons. Right? <laughs> like th- this ain't it, boys. <laughs> no, that used to yeah, fun and gun type stuff. But no, it's just yeah, yeah, the the run and gun, fun and gun with the with the Eagles, and then of course Texas Tech and spread them out, and you know Houston with Case Keenum, like what he threw for like yeah, one, I just one million one point one point two million yards a senior year or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it just for whatever reason it just feels like this team, just like he, Mordecai does not push the ball down the field enough at this point. Uh, he takes the dump off and and he's not throwing in tight windows. He's not throwing the hard passes. He's taking what's available and moving the ball a little bit, but he's not doing anything that's particularly exciting in terms of you know throws I saw him make at SMU kind of stuff. It's like where where are these throws? Um, where where are they in this offense here? Uh, I'm just trying to look at the other running backs. We've got like Nate White, Cade Yacamelli, uh, Jackson Acker, Grover Bartoloni. Uh, Zach Glaudeman, redshirt freshman. Uh, yeah, that's it. Those are the other guys. So that's, if anybody recognized the name on that group, that's pretty fantastic because that's a freshman, a redshirt freshman, a redshirt sophomore, redshirt sophomore, redshirt freshman. So hey, let's 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 put let's put a positive spin on it though. Like, so at the beginning of the Brewers season, if you would ask me who, oh, um, right, <laughs> who. Anyways, I won't get into it right now. But how big is Terang going to be on our team this year? And you're like, what? Terang and yeah. Monasterio, Monasterio, yeah. Freilick. Yeah, like if you said Monasterio is going to be big on this team, I'm like the guy in the mask, the luchador. Yeah, 
Ray Monasterio? Is that his name? <laughs> 416, was that his move where he spins around the rope? Anyway, so. Anyhow, yeah. yeah. Hey, anyhow, but uh, I was going to say, yeah. too, so uh, with, with the Badgers, too, so, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about conference realignment, and so right now the Big Ten West is bereft of real, like, top 20 schools, but you look at what's going to be here. And when's, when's the PAC 12 moving over next year or next the year, year after next year, it should be, I think. So the West is going to have the USC Trojans, number eight, mm-hmm. the number nine ducks, the 10 Utes, and the Huskies not at the number Utes. seven. No. Uh, so, or it's UCLA, not, not the Utes. Utes okay. are going to the big 12. Okay. So UCLA are we, Bruins. Are we getting, are we getting the Huskies or not? Yes. So Huskies, okay, so. Ducks, Trojans, Bruins, all coming our way. So yeah, I mean that's interesting. I guess one thing, and, I and, think... and then so the last last two holds last two holdouts of the Big Twelve are Washington State and Oregon State. They that'll be the entire Pac twelve next year. The Pac two. <laughs> They're sixteen and nineteen. Yeah. My God. Yeah, but that makes that Washington loss. Washington State, uh, they've looked actually good this year. Uh, they came out and beat Oregon State, number 14-ranked Oregon State. Uh, that team actually is decent. It's a pretty good team, and we lost on the road in Pullman to a top 15 team. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, what they look like now, at least. So, yeah, uh, it makes it feel a little bit better. I still think Iowa's going to win the West. Uh, Badgers are going to take a week off here and then come back against Rutgers. We'll do a preview on that at some later time, but that's... That's what we have now. So I, I do want to get into Brewers talk before we get too deep into here. Brewers. Before you get out of that, before yeah. you get out of that, though, technically yeah. in the West right now, Northwestern is number two behind the Badgers. Yes. Yep. Because they beat Minnesota, so they're number two. And the Northwestern Badgers. is number two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's all right. Anyways. Uh, Brewers. Brewers' magic number is one. They're not playing while we record on Monday. They're not playing today, and now they're at the Cubs. This is going to be decided before the Brewers and Cubs play. I mean, everybody was hoping it was going to be Cubs-Brewers fighting it out in the last three games. It's not going to happen because Brewers are going to play three home games against the Cardinals, and the Cubs are going to go play three games in Atlanta. Uh, the Cubs need to sweep, and we would need to get need to be swept by the, the Cardinals. Those two things would have to happen for these games to mean anything, John, John, and they won't don't, happen. Don't, don't speak it into ex- Don't say that. Don't say it like that. No chance. There's a zero percent chance. Don't don't say like that. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I keep trying them. to explain to Holly what the magic number is, and she's like, "So there is a chance that the Cubs could still win the Central." And I was like, "Yes, there is." So let's not talk about it anymore. <sighs> no, there is a chance, but of course, it requires that the Cubs win six straight against winning teams all on the road, or and it would require the Brewers to lose to the, the you know the Cardinals and the Cubs all six. Yeah, Atlanta's got nothing to play for. That's not true. They're they're tooling up for a playoff. They're, and also, Cunha's trying to be MVP. None of them are like, let's just coast. They're going to give some guys days off, but, I mean, like, they don't want to go into the playoffs losing six straight. That's not a thing they hey, want to do. You go ahead and be all rosy glasses. I'll, uh, I'll sit here and brace myself for impact, okay? All right. Well, the only thing that's kind of hurting <laughs> is that uh, they were playing the Marlins. It, it, who... it is Wisconsin sports, John. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Brewers will be in the playoff one way or the other. They did clinch that. Uh, so they're going to be playing. It's just going to be, are they the home team? Are they a road team? Where are they? They're, they're going to be somewhere in there in the wild card round. Cause it's, they're not going to 
catch the Dodgers or the uh, or the uh, Braves at this point. Uh, but yeah, so that that's kind of where they are on this. It, it is rough that we sent out. We finally gave Burns some run support, and that they had a twelve run inning, the largest inning since uh, what did they say? Was it nineteen ninety? It's just a crazy number. I mean, twelve is an insane number for anybody. Something uh, so, like that. It's kind of it's kind of like the Jock Lemur bit. Like, uh, guys, guys, don't score all the runs in one inning. <laughs> we need to score score runs. We need to score runs in all the innings over multiple games. <laughs> nice. Um, and, and, and so yeah, they did get sixteen to one win, and then just didn't get as much the next couple of days. They also. Peralta and Woodruff, you know, a couple runs here and there. Not not the biggest games, but yeah, they did lose two on the road to Miami. Uh, so the Brewers still still got a a good lead in the division. They're six games up. The magic number, like we said, is one. Uh, they are in the playoff. The other games still in, like Miami is still fighting to get in the playoffs. So is Cincinnati. They're two and a half out of wild card. Miami one game back of Chicago. Um, Atlanta technically is only four games ahead with six to play, they do still need to clinch the actual first seed. They have not clinched that yet. Um, if they fall apart here and let the Cubs thump them for three straight games, uh, then they're going to be in a fight for their lives to make sure they're not playing their last game at Chavez Ravine, as opposed to in the friendly confines of whatever it is they call Turner Field now. Sure, uh, that's it. Not that and much. actually, you know, a c- conspiracy theory, John, would be that the <laughs> Brewers actually... Um, smoked the Marlins to get playoffs, uh, get into the playoffs, <laughs> and then allowed the Mariners to win because they, because of the Mariners, sorry, the Mariners, the, the Marlins, Marlins yeah. keep, the Marlins keep winning because if the Marlins win and the Cubs lose, the Cubs aren't in the playoffs. And that's just, I mean, that's just snarky uh, me and a whole lot of other Wisconsin people. But Ooh. I mean, that was, a, that was something that was floated around like, well, maybe we should just give up some games to the Marlins so they can get some games on the Cubs to make sure the Cubs don't make it in the playoffs. Not that we're scared of the Cubs in the playoffs. We just hate we them. Just, <laughs> we just hate the Cubs. Marlins will now end with uh, six games all on the road, but against the Mets and Pirates. Whereas the what Cubs we... have the Braves and Brewers all on the road. So both of those teams will be playing on the road in their year. So that's interesting. Would, wouldn't it be nice, John? Wouldn't it would it be, be nice? fun. Uh, I'm trying to see what Cincinnati's got left on their schedule. Cincinnati has a game. Cincinnati, Cincinnati's got blowing up the rest of their year because they have two games in Cleveland and three games in Cincinnati to end their year. They have five games left. They have today off and Thursday off. So yeah, they'd have to do a little bit of work here to get caught up uh, without games to play. Two and a half back out of the the playoff right now. Cincinnati's talent level as a team might be the best in the Central. I just, they just, I, it's, it's, they're like the Vikings. They can't, can't do it. Can't do yeah. it. But can't, Cincinnati, they just, if they can yeah. just win two games, they will manage to have a winning record this year, which is something for that right. team that, yeah, good for them. That, I mean, the, I think the central is going to be crazy in like three years, these Brewers, these Cubs, these Reds, and then I'm sure the Cardinals are going to figure a way to be good again in three years. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, they'll probably win the World Series in two years. I mean, yeah, just not, just because of, the, of a deal with Satan. Let's not let's not fool ourselves. I mean, <laughs> no. that's not that's not me being the Brewers hater. That's just me stating facts. Yeah, they find ways to win. They're they're a well-run organization and have been for generations. So yeah, the the Brewers the Brewers will win 105 games in a year and the uh, still lose to them in the uh, in LCS. I think so. it does bear kind of like what you said. This was a team that we said at the beginning of the season was wait and see. Keep your expectations reasonable. Let's look for a team that's around 500 if we can. And just mostly what we wanted to see was um, a team that grew as we went through this year because it was going to be a rough, long season with a bunch of young guys. And this team is you know, a game away from winning the Central. And it's, it's entirely possible that all these young guys, uh, all these rookies, uh, have the, the ability to win a division pennant, which would be incredible. Uh, and... In a year where the Cubs and the Reds actually are also competing for wild card and division seeds, like they're, they're, it's possible that three of the five teams will have winning records in the Central. And the Brewers playing as well as they did is a testament to how this team has been constructed. And yeah, they brought testament, along a lot testament, of guys together. Testament, testament to their manager, too, as much as everybody wants to yes. poo poo Craig Council all the time for. Some of the odd moves he makes, those are the ones that stick out. You know, it's just um, to tie it all together, too. Like um, the, the the four major brands in Wisconsin sports are the Packers, number one. Yes. Um, Badgers, number Badger, Badgers or Brewers, number two. Which one would you put them in? Ooh. I don't know. We'll put Probably, that. Yeah, those a, are pretty close. Yeah. 2A two, two, two and 2B two and uh, Bucks, number three, even though they're the most current champions. But. Out of out of those four teams that you know have the most have the biggest fan bases in the state, and some and that reach nationwide in the case of both the Packers and the Badgers, um, isn't it funny that there's three teams that are rebuilding and are exciting and young and just like it's wow cool this is awesome like let's see what happens and then there's the Bucks who won a championship three years ago and it's like. <laughs> Are you guys going to turn this thing over or what? Like, because the last two years have been garbage. Yeah, yeah it's like, isn't that a, is that is that just weird? Like, because because everybody's like, strange, well, yeah. I mean, you brought you brought it up like, uh, what was it last week or two weeks ago about the Dame Lillard thing, right? Like, not to get too off. Yeah, topic, last but week. Like, yeah, last week you asked me about Dame Lillard, and I said a heartbeat, one hundred percent. We got to get friend of the show. We got to get friend of the show, Pete. On he's back now too from uh, the other side of the planet, so we can yeah, uh, yeah. get him on a more regular basis, but. Um, we really need to give him for a primer. Um, yeah, as we get closer. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 like everybody's like, well, we have to tear this thing down and build it back up. And I mean, that's just how sports are now too. Like, and the one thing that's very the one thing that we have as Wisconsin sports is massive disappointment in late rounds of playoffs. But the one, but we also have teams that are relevant every year which is kind yeah. of a hard thing to deal with as a sports fan, knowing that your team's going to be good, but they're not good enough to win it per se every year. Yeah. Um, the Packers have really set us up for a lot of letdowns there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, inter- it's just interesting getting back to the Brewers. though, like, cause you were just saying like at the beginning of this year and, you know, like same thing with the, the Badgers too, like, well, we don't know. We don't know. Whatever. If they, we'll see what happens, you know, if they end up in the, if they end up in the, uh, as long as they don't up and end up in the Mayo Bowl again, you know, and maybe like <laughs> Citrus Bowl or some sort of respectable name for a bowl, not the I Love Blue Carpet on Sunday's Bowl. 
um, dot com <laughs> bowl, you know, that that'll be yeah. great. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we walked into the season being like, well, what are we going to do? And you got to remember, I boycotted the last the last half of last year. I blacked it out because of when that hater thing went down. It looked like they were all looked like it was just trading it in, you know. Yeah, and, I, I mean, remember. We are. It's, yeah. All right. Turned out it worked. That turned out it worked out. But anyways, yeah, yeah no, it's uh, it, it's fun to see this team here. Uh, we should have had two no hitters this year. True. Yeah. Yeah. Still been a fantastic season and we're we're looking forward to what's coming up this next week we got three uh well six straight home games here to end the season so let's 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 just win tuesday let's just do it and be done with it <laughs> that's my thought so hopefully we can get hey, that what, done and we'll see where we are what do you got to say Aaron? hey when 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 we get to the I, it's i know we're in the prime time of a lot of stuff going on right now but at some point we got to talk about the stadium issue yeah We'll get to that at some point, I'm sure. Probably off-season stuff, end of season, maybe in the uh, the requiem for the season, whenever that comes. All right. Uh, now, what we're going to you do? You said is requiem. You didn't up. even say we could. We maybe the celebration of a season. That one time maybe. we had to celebrate a season, man. Come maybe. on, have hope. Maybe we'll get there. We'll find out. It'll be one or the other. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Oh, we're going to yeah, wrap up everything else that we have here this week into a segment of our show that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. Starting off with last call, we're going to go with Badger women's volleyball, uh, which is the only volleyball at Wisconsin, I suppose. Uh, Men's volleyball is more of a West Coast thing. Uh, Badgers, after getting that fantastic win we talked about last week with Florida, they, they take on their division or their conference rivals here this week. Uh, Northwestern, they thumped them three nothing, and then they thumped Indiana three nothing, uh, just coming out big and, and beating them up pretty easily in these ones. Um, not really tested. Uh, they win eighteen, twelve, and thirteen. Northwestern didn't reach twenty at, at any point in these games. Um, eight aces for Wisconsin in this. That's that's an insane number. Orzal with. Uh, two. Well, in, in, it, in Ashburn with one. Too, where yeah, they don't suck on the other side. Yeah, like it's hard. High school do. volleyball will happen when you run into a team that sucks. These are all D one. Or they get a bad hit and doesn't get back over the net. But this right, was right, 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 right. Yeah, this yeah. is. I mean, you're, you're right. That's it. This an this intensely insane number. An insane number. Eight aces to one. Uh, the next day they go play uh, Indiana. Uh, they beat them 13, 23, and 18. Indiana giving up a good fight there in the second set, uh, getting 23. Wisconsin does get six aces in this game as well. Uh, big ace is coming from, uh, let's see, CeCe Crawford had two. Orzao had two. Sarah Franklin gets one. Orzao becoming a fantastic server in there. Uh, Orzao also leads in digs against uh, Indiana. Guchtekin with six. They've had some where they've been playing Guchtekin as a back defender on the back line and then letting Orzao play as the libero. And that's been kind of interesting. It's a smaller setup, but when you can go up there with, you know, Franklin and Smrek and uh, Devin Robinson and then also pulling in Carter Booth at times, uh, you've got a big enough front line that it doesn't much matter what you've gotten back. And Guchtekin is a fantastic um, just... Elite defender back there, getting that ball, keeping it off the ground. 
and she is and her name's and, and her name sounds like she should be from Street Fighter. Yeah, Gulce Guchtekin and Yulia Orzao. <laughs> I mean, that is Poland and Turkey. Hi, Dukin. Yeah, so <laughs> Poland and Turkey in the back stretch there, uh, playing volleyball in Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> that's they're, they're fun. Uh, Guchtekin is so much fun to watch. She's just always excited. Every time they get a kill, she's like jumping up and hugging somebody. And like seriously, she's the shortest person out there, so she jumps up on on Sarah Franklin, and and it is quite a leap. So it's pretty fun. Um, Marquette also had some good stretches this week. We'll say Wisconsin stays number one, undefeated number one. Wisconsin, uh, they have not quite every vote because uh, they have fifty eight first place votes. Nebraska has six, so Nebraska and Wisconsin both eleven and zero, and that's going to be fantastic when that game starts coming down the stretch. Well, you feel, you feel like Nebraska is going to pull first point first place votes as long as they're somewhere near the top, anyways. Because they should Nebraska. They should. Yeah, they should pull them. They they earn they they've earned that. Their coach earns that. You know, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Nebraska's they're Nebraska's good. a team to be. You know. Yeah, that's a great team too. So that's going to be a fun stretch here for when they get that one going. Um, Marquette volleyball beats Villanova and Georgetown. Both these uh, home sets at the Al McGuire Center. Both of them three nothing. Uh, big games here against. Uh, oops, let's see against Villanova. Al McGuire was the coach of the Marquette Eagles. Are you, you are, kidding me? I didn't know that. Weird. Yep. So Marquette gets to one and zero, and then two and zero in the Big East, undefeated in division play. Like we said, they set up a rough, rough uh, opening series. Uh, they. Against Villanova, eleven blocks to two. Uh, just that—that that is some pretty intense scoring right there. Uh, Marquette, Aubrey Hamilton back. She leads it with thirteen kills. Uh, Hattie Bray gets nine. Uh, Sarah Kushner has one of the uh, aces in this game as Marquette ends up with six aces against five aces for uh, Villanova. So that was a—that was a strange game that way. Uh, you had here on Shante. Uh, I believe it's. Uh, I'm sorry, remember this. Argentina or Peru? I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Uh, has 34 assists. Jenna Reitzma has two. Second on the team with two against Villanova. Uh, they beat up Georgetown as well. Georgetown only scores 15, 13, and 19 in the three-set loss. Um, they get six blocks to two. Marquette doing very well on the defensive side. 47 digs to 40. Uh, and just being able to get their their points and their kills. Uh, Aubrey Hamilton leads with 12 kills and Hattie Bray with nine. Uh, Carson Murray with four blocks this game to lead the way. Yadhira and Shante leads in both assists and digs in this one. Uh, so, yeah, 20 assists in this one. She's the only one who assists, it seems. Uh, Sarah Kushner gets three. So 20 and then three is second. So that's pretty intense drop off there. Marquette has not worked their way back in the top 25, but they are among those receiving votes, so they're kind of unofficially 30th in the nation. Uh, and I think that moving through the Big East play, they're going to find their way back into the top 25. Uh, they played, like we said, kind of a, a killer's like, you know, row, like murderer's row of, of early season games, including Wisconsin and all that. So uh, good setup for them this way. Uh, in WIAC football, we have uh, only one game. Uh, Stevens Point played Albion in Michigan and lost 30-7. to So that didn't change basically anything. 
women's volleyball at the WIAC level, Oshkosh, Stevens Point, Platteville, and Eau Claire all win their first uh, divisional games of the year. In terms of D3 uh, polls right now, UW Oshkosh third in the country, 13-0. and 0. Uh, Wisconsin Whitewater is 9-1, and 1, and they are seventh in the country. Uh, down below that, the next highest Wisconsin team is UWSP. They are 20th at 8-2 and two overall. So that is women's volleyball at the D3 level. We do have, just briefly at least, the opening polls for college hockey for the year. Uh, just started D3, uh, D1 men. Yeah, Wisconsin's not ranked. Uh, new head coach. They fired their coach last year. It's going to be a little bit to get themselves up there. They are among the others receiving votes. And, and U, uh, USCHO poll, the official national poll, only goes to 20. So receiving votes, Connecticut at 21, Minnesota State at 22, Northern Michigan, the Wildcats of NMU at 23, Wisconsin unofficially 24th in the country in men's hockey. Uh, How many votes did they get? uh, Hold on a second. So they got 74 points. Uh, So among their votes, like they tally points for first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, all that stuff. 74 points right ahead of Omaha or UNO. Uh, the University of No Omaha, Opportunity, Omaha. but that's uh, that's kind of where they are, and that seems fair. Uh, Wisconsin women start the season ranked number one. They get 15 of the 21st place votes. Ohio State in two, Minnesota in three, Colgate in four. Colgate receiving one first place vote. Ohio State getting four. Minnesota getting none, but being in third. Uh, men's hockey, the highest rated UWSP team here, uh, number six in the country to start off men's hockey. UW Eau Claire starts off at 14. And uh, St. Norbert, among those receiving votes, it goes down to 15. So they're actually the uh, 18th ranked team unofficially here receiving votes in this. They have 10 points. Uh, Babson at 15, getting 31 points. UW Eau Claire at 14, getting 41. Uh, Hobart actually receives every single first place vote in the men's D3 poll. Uh, all 20 votes, and they are the number one team uh, in D3 men's hockey. Where Women, is Hobart? Yeah, uh, I think that's in Michigan. I could be wrong. I think we may, we'll look that up while we're doing other things. River Falls starts off the season ranked number five in D3 women's hockey, and Eau Claire at number nine. Both of those have been perennial uh, regular season kings, you know, queens, whatever. Uh, they have been running through regular seasons, ranked top 10 all the way, and then neither one of them has, I believe, won a game in the postseason the last three years that we've been trying to get through this. Uh, St. Norbert starts off at number 14 overall, and that is where we are with uh, women's hockey to start the season off. Uh, Hobart, if we get a second here, they are the Hobart oh, Statesmen. That's a fantastic name. They apparently wear like an orange and purple kind of look they have a guy who looks like a colonial they their head coach is mark taylor let's see they play in the geneva recreation center trying to find out where that is exactly geneva new york i'm sorry i was wrong the hobart is in geneva new york geneva new york that's what I, it says hobart and william smith colleges they they your private private nonprofit in geneva new york the uh, arena is at 666 south exchange street that team is the devil. Uh, they wear royal purple and <laughs> orange. Their enrollment is 1,843 uh, total people enrolled at the university. 
or college, I guess. Uh, so uh, they can fit 500 people in their arena. That's the best team in, in men's D3 hockey right now, and everybody agrees apparently. All right, Aaron, anything to add before we wrap up for the week? Uh, no. Uh, well, just one. Um, Thursday night's going to be interesting. Um, and I will be there, yeah. Yeah, you will be there. Thank you for the offer, by the way, so I can make it. Um, but, um, no, it's going to short week for two teams that are, you know, I, I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I guess we didn't even talk about, like, the yeah, predictions it's hard to tell. Thursday night games are weird. Home teams kind of get an advantage, so that helps because I think we need it because I think the Lions are more sure in who they are at this point than the Packers are. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think the Packers have a shot. Uh, I think the Detroit should be favored, and uh, we'll be there yelling. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, just just that. And, I mean, I, 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 I'm not even going to put a prediction on it because I don't – like you just said, Thursday night games are so weird. Um, the other so thing weird. I'd like to bring up is that the Bears are three-point underdogs at home against a team that just got beat 70 to 20 in the Denver Broncos. So, <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you. Sean Payton as a coach. Right. Thank you for joining us again for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports. Remember to follow the show at Scotty Johnny pod and at Scotty Johnny pod uh, as well on Mastodon. You can also find me at not so humble host as well as on Mastodon. Uh, at Scotty Johnny at Mastodon.social and at uh, J.E. Barnett at bsky.social. Remember to follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk as well as app, Apple, I'm sorry, it's at Apple Bottom Flottom on Blue Sky. And remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.